Welcome to the KHOW Podcast. You've joined a community who focuses on doing the word, living the word, and following the word. We hope you enjoy these messages. We serve an amazing, incredible, awesome God. Awesome God. I want to just thank each and every one of you for continuing to join us on the Saturday morning KHOW Global Fellowships. Um, God has met us here. God has truly, week after week, met us. And um, I don't know if you think that, but I, I have sensed and felt God meet us every week. And it has been an honor to be able to teach you all that continue to come and connect with us. Um, I've said it before, and it is very true. Um, we have, since the beginning of pastoring, um, shared that the truth of the word, when the Bible speaks of the church, which is the ecclesia, it speaks of the called out ones, the whole congregation of the body of Christ. And so we are not a church. We are a fellowship. And the reason why we are not a church is because we are the church. And so we are not beholden to um, a building mindset because God is not coming back for a building. He is coming back for his bride. And so understand that your membership is in heaven. Your membership is in the citizenship that you received when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and God as the head of your life and the Holy Spirit as the leader of your walk. You, your commitment is not to man. Your commitment is to God. Now, as the bride, we commit to one another to sharpen because it says iron sharpens iron. Each of you are iron. We commit to the ecclesia by doing what the Lord said, by not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. So understand that the only thing that makes a building church is when the church walks in it. But the building is not the church. You are the church. And that is why God, Jesus himself, if you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus never taught in a building. Jesus never taught in the temple. Here's what you have to understand, that during Old Testament biblical times, the only thing that happened in the temple was the very thing that Jesus got upset when he went into the temple and saw that they had made it a place of selling. He said, you have turned a, the house of prayer into a den of thieves. That the temple was for prayer. That the Torah, the five books of instruction, which were the only books they had at the time, were for them to remember and to study, but they prayed in the temple. There were hours of prayer, different hours in the day that they prayed in the temple. So Jesus himself says, you have made my father's house a den of thieves. 
that they were turning it into a place to sell and exchange goods and merchants were inside. And so he said, this is a house of prayer. And here's what you have to know, that now that we are those that house the temple, the Holy Spirit, that you too are a house of prayer. That is why the Bible says we should be praying without ceasing. Because if I am a house of prayer, if I am the temple of the Holy Spirit, if I house the very presence of God, then everywhere I go, I have to make sure that I am in commune with the creator of my house that I am connected to the creator of this house, that the bride, the church, it brings me so much joy when I see you all here because I'm watching the bride from everywhere, from, from different races, different backgrounds, different cultures, different experiences, all come together for one reason and only, and only one reason, and that is to honor the living God that you are showing up boldly and mightily and beautifully as the bride, that could you imagine if the whole world could do what we're doing right now? If we could tear down the denominational structures and just be the bride? Because the truth of the matter is, God bless you and whatever denomination you've been attached to, but until you can show me your denomination in the Bible, I'm gonna stop right there. Because the truth is denominations have been built on preference, not biblical standard. And so the word doctrine means belief, right? And so there are doctrines that have been built on preference just alone on what you wear. Denomination Denom means to divide. <laughs> and so denominations were created to do the thing that Jesus did not want to happen, divide us. Now, here's what Jesus does know, that there will be different groups because we're in different places and different regions. If we look at the apostles, they, 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 they oversaw different places. So Peter was in one region, Paul was in another region because God knew that the bride would be everywhere and that where the bride was, the bride needed a place to gather together, but that the place wasn't to become more important than his presence, than his person, than his promises. And so thank you for showing up each week as a the beautiful bride and know that every time we are gathering, we are doing what the word says. We are not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. And I'm here to tell you, unfortunately, there are gonna be some places that you may have gone physically before that may not have the opportunity to be open again, just because of economical realities. There are some places that are already shutting down my beautiful sister, Pastor Michelle, has been part of a ministry that has had to close its doors during this time. 
people having to figure out where they're going to go. But let me tell you what I'm so grateful about is that Pastor Michelle was not the senior pastor at the time, but she has been called to pastor and that she is going to lead a generation of people to the heart of God because she is not divided. But those she now has to bear and carry a part of the bride that is wounded. And that's why I love 1 Corinthians 12, 26 that says, if one part of the body hurts, we all hurt. If one part of the body is rejoicing, we all rejoice. And so I hurt with her because as part of the bride, she is carrying the weight of a hurt part of the bride. And here's the truth, a lot of you have been hurting during this season. And it would be easy for me to say, hey, we could all just go in our own homes and see the Lord. But it would be wrong of me not to continue to carry the light of Christ that I've been called to carry so that all of us collectively come to be relit to go back out and stay light. Because as the world is growing dim, we should be growing brighter. This is not the message, but I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit. And so understand, guys, you are so important. You are an essential piece to the kingdom. It is not about the title, guys. Let it go. If you called me Kai today and didn't call me pastor, I still know the work I am called to do in the midst of the bride and for the kingdom. And so here's the thing. If my work doesn't match the title, don't call me it. And so we're here to be built up, to be equipped, so that when we go where we are called to go, when we go to work, when we're released back out, some of you are still working, that you have the presence and the power of God so mightily on the inside of you that you're able to give just in conversation. Do you know that the mere shadow of your life should be healing people? We talk so much. And we need to be in a space that we are so filled. Remember I talked about the glow of God, that we have so much of the glow of God that the mere shadow of our presence is causing people to feel different, to sense something, to want to talk to you, to gravitate. And they won't even know it's Jesus, but they'll know that I feel something. And just like mom Joyce, she's on a call that, she, that is, she is not leading. She's on a call where she's receiving, but an opportunity comes for her to bring the light of Christ. And she does. In a, in a sec, here's what we got to realize right now, guys. God is tearing down every system. Every system is being torn down. Where they have told you before in corporate America, you can't talk about Jesus. I promise you today, they're going to make you talk about Jesus. Because they're going to need the power and the presence of God that you hold. And here's the thing. You're going to be telling scriptures without saying God or Jesus, and they're not even going to know. You just, you giving the word. They're going to ask you to do a presentation and have your presentation in scripture. They won't even know. They're going to be talking about affirmations and mantras, and you're just going to be like, oh, well, here's mine. 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. <laughs> and they're gonna, you know, they're gonna be talking self-help, but you're gonna be like, no, no, I, I, I oh, affirmation. Oh, okay. Well, I have the word. Let me tell you this one. Understand that where you have felt held up and held back, that's over. You have been released in Jesus' name to be everything he has always called you to be. And if you didn't know it, I'm telling you now, you have been released in Jesus' name to be everything he has ever called you to be, to tread over every serpent that tries to come in your way, to have everything he has promised you to have. You've been released today. Now, the only way you won't get it is if you don't release yourself and accept what God has already given, because his promises are yes and amen. And so I would dare you to just tell God, now you believe it and you receive it. Get out of your own way. Too many of y'all have been blocking your path. Some of you don't know that this moment was your get out of jail free card. Some of you don't realize that you've been in some prisons that you didn't know were prisons. And this moment in time that God has given is your get out of jail free card. Some of you don't know that this is your go again, go again. Some of you have to know that God is giving you permission to give yourself permission. Whatever you thought was, no, you can do that. You can have that. You can be that. Because he is faithful. He is fully on the inside of us. And it is time for his bride to take the world by storm. Amen. Now let's get into the word of God. <laughs> so we are in, we are in the fifth month of discipleship, which is the make you month. I am excited. God, I, I know God is making us. He is making us. I, let me tell you guys, I am being wrecked right along with you in these teachings. Um, I have never taught on discipleship this way. And I've never heard discipleship taught this way. Um, and so I'm like, every time I'm sitting and hearing what he's saying, I'm like, whoa. So understand that I am not far from you in this. Don't think that I'm, no, no, no. We walking together. Hear me together. Okay. So as you are hearing it fresh, I'm hearing it fresh. This is not, this is what's so good about God. If you really, I'm going to tell you all this, and, and most of y'all know this. I have now been, this is my 20 years of ministry. I have never preached the same message. I have wanted to because like, I like those, I, I was like, I want to be one of them preachers that just all year preaches the same, you know, they travel. You y'all see some of they, and they, you know, it's a good word. I want it to be, and that is not, I've prayed. I've stopped praying for it because it's just not going to happen. So, but the reason why I was like, God, God was like, well, I don't give stale manna. I said, oh, oh. If I told them every day they would get fresh manna, then that means every day there is access to fresh word. And I, oh, you, you're right. Let me, let me stop asking. Let me stop asking. 
Now, here's the difference. You can have, here's what y'all don't get. You can have stale manna and still get revelation. But there's difference between fresh manna because here's the thing. One of them is going to make you sick. And there's a lot of times that God is revealing things to us, but we still eating that old manna. We still holding on to that old word. And God's like, behold, I come and do a new thing. Can you not perceive it? So understand that God, his ability to give us fresh manna every day, if he could do that for the children of Israel, why can't he do that for us? So I am very excited and I just have to pause. Pastor Michelle, God is so pleased and so in love with you. And I just believe that the breath and wind of God in this season is going to overwhelm you. And I just hear God saying, you are going to have fresh manna every day. Don't worry. Don't fret about the message. He's shifting you out of routine into just consistent revelation. Amen. So we are in the month of make you. And so we talked about for the uh, last Saturday and Wednesday about him being the author of, come on now, be the author of, he is writing your story. Do not forget that. Do not forget that. Okay. So the first month of discipleship was come. The second month was abandoned. The third was follow. The fourth was me equals Jesus. And now we are at the fifth, which is make you. Matthew 4.19 says, and come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So we are in the make you. And who is the person that makes us? Jesus, because it says, I will make you. So there's only, it's singular, it's not plural. So I will make you. So we, we, we started off that he will make us ready prepared he will make uh he's making the space to be the author of right and now we are here in 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 this third aspect of i will make you write down make a path make a path p-a-t-h so i will make you ready i will make you let me be the author of and I will make you a path. These are the things that he's going to make you. And so one thing that I want to start by saying is this. The life of a disciple begins with a call to come on an unknown journey. It's unknown to you. It's an it's a unknown route. It's an unknown journey. The life of the disciple begins with a call to come to an unknown, come on an unknown journey, an unknown route. It's funny. As soon as I say it, I see Julie on the bottom of her screen driving. And, and, and so seeing her drive is so interesting that, you know, I, I've... Um, a lot of us have spent time, a lot of times in our cars, right? We go to, we're driving. If you have a long commute, you're in your car. And then, you know, at the end of the day, you're in your car. Uh, some of us have jobs that cause us to be in cars a lot. And so there are certain times where we may have a new client, right? Or a new 
uh, location and we're going on an unknown route. And when we are going on an unknown route, the thing that we use nowadays is the GPS, right? We use a tool to help us navigate where we're going and how to get there. And so Jesus calls the disciples and says, I know you don't know where you're going, but I'm going to be your spiritual and physical GPS. And you need to know that that is who the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is to us. They're, they are a triune navigation system. They navigate, they help us to navigate not just direction, but our emotions, our heart, our, our mind, our most, our will, every facet of who we are. They are navigating. And the reason they can navigate is because they're the author of. And they can navigate because they actually are the ones who prepared the plan and the path. And so there's three scriptures I want to go to today to really bring in to our understanding what the path really is. And so let's go first, Malcolm. We're going to go to, first I want to go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. And Matthew, uh, Malcolm, if you can, you'll unmute uh, yourself. Are you unmuted, Malcolm? I, I, we can't, I can't hear you. Yes. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, let's go to Matthew, I'm sorry, Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. So Psalm 119 says, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light unto my path. Okay, we're going to read these scriptures first, and then we're going to go back, okay? Go to Matthew 7. We're going to read Matthew 7, 12 through 14, Malcolm. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. All right, now let's go to John 14. John 14, verse 6. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. And so let's, let's just start by breaking this all the way down and, and making this very clear. Jesus calls the disciples to come. 
And he, where does he call them to come? It's to him. But what they also need to know is that he's called them to come on him. Because here is the truth. The path is Jesus. The path is Jesus. So let's look at John 14 and 6. It says, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. It says here where the word answered is, it means this. He's laying down an argument to rest, okay? So, so Jesus is like, look, let, let me just lay this to rest. Let me be very clear. I am, which means I exist, but, but how he exists is as this, the way. And the way is synonymous to the word path. It's he's the journey. He's the way toward. It also means this. He's the mode or means by which one travels. So I'm laying to rest that I exist as, this, as three different things. The first thing is I'm the path. I'm the way. I'm the journey. I, I'm the way forward. I am the mode and the means by which you will travel on. Number two, he says, and I'm the truth. And I, I just I just love the word of God. It means this. I am the reality. Where all of the rest of the world is, is trying to act like God is not real, he's making it plain here. I'm, I'm actually your mode of transportation. I'm also reality. I'm the realest thing out here. You know, we talk about keep it real. He's the realest thing out here. And then he says, and the life. The word Zoe, physical and spiritual. And it is us being grafted in his image and, and having eternal life. And so we have life because he made us in his image. We are part of, of, his, his, of his lineage, okay? But Jesus makes it very clear to everyone, including the disciples, I am the path. And that's what you need to know is that God wants to make clear to you that as he's making a path, he is the path. That while you're trying to go on all these different roads and journeys, he's the journey. He's the mode and the vehicle by which you can travel. That you don't only go with him, that you got to come on him so that he can carry you where you need to go. Okay, then we go to Psalm 119, 105, which says, your word is the lamp for my feet and a light unto my path. The word means your speech or your command, but what we cannot forget is in John 1 and 1 that starts with by saying, and in the beginning was the word and the word became flesh. The word meaning Jesus. Jesus is the word. And so it says your word, your message. Jesus is a message is a lamp, a light, a candle for my feet. And then it says, it says a light. And I love this. This light means this. It is an early morning. It is clear. It is bright. It is like lightning. That the word of God is not just as small as a candle, but it is like the dawn of a new day. It is an early morning. It is the sunrise my God, that the word of God should sunrise over your life, that the word of God should lift up every day and rise inside of you, all over you, 
And then it should be so clear and so bright that it is like lightning in a dark night, that it breaks through the darkness, that the electricity, the vibrancy, the power of God's word will break through everything so that Jesus, as your discipler, is going to break through your darkness, that Jesus is the early morning. He is the sunrise in your life. That's why it says he is the son of God. He is not just only the S-O-N, but he is the S-U-N. That he should be risen in you every day, that his light brings light to your life. And that it's not, there will be times that you feel like your light is just a candle, but you need to know that the word of God doesn't only light like a candle, it shows up like lightning. And he says that that lightning, guess what? The, so the word is the lamp to the feet. But the, the sunrise, the lightning, the brightness, and the clarity is on your path. Look at that. The word, it lights a candle for your feet. <laughs> but the word is the morning sun, the sun, the sunrise to your path. And if he's the sunrise to your path, then there's clarity. There shouldn't be confusion because you should be able to see, because he's making sure that you see the way and the way is Jesus. Now let's go to Matthew 7, 12 through 14. And we're gonna rest on 14. And so Jesus is talking to the disciples and he's telling them about these two roads, the, the narrow and the broad, but he gets real specific about the narrow and he says this, but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only few find it. So, but small, so that word small is the same word as narrow. So it literally says, but narrow is the gate and narrow is the road. <laughs> and so narrow means here, it is restricted. Now I need you to understand, we are free because we stay in the confines of the restrictions. Now God's restrictions are not like your parents' restrictions. Not the same. It's not, you can't, it's not taking and withholding everything away from you. It is supplying things that protect you. His restriction is a protection. But it also means this, the narrow is a right established by the Lord where people can best know him. You cannot know God best on the broad road. It says he's created this road. It's established by the Lord and it's where people can best know him. Know him in his commandments. Know him in his instructions. Know him. In, in, in what, and what's so amazing is that what is small to the world is humongous in God. So, so it says, small is this narrow, this establishment where I get to know him is the road, the path. We're back to the path. We're still talking about the path, the journey that leads to life. So this path is going to carry you to both physical and spiritual life. And I love this, only few. 
It says only tiny is small, but the small and the tiny is duration and number. It say find it. They discover, they learn. And then they especially are searching after it. See, you have to search for the narrow road. And once you find it, it is him. And so in each of these scriptures, it continues to point us back to Jesus. So here's the things I want you to, let's, let's, let's bring this all together. I want you to, here's the definition of a path. A path is a way or track laid for walking. It is the course or direction in which a person is moving. It is a way or track laid for walking. It's a course or direction in which a person is moving. So if Jesus is the path, he is also the mode by which we travel. He is also the, the, the way we're going toward. He will also light up the path and, and, and shine like the sun, break through darkness with his power and light. And he will also make sure that we stay on the specific road that he has paved, which is the narrow road. So here's some points I need you to write down. Number one, the purposes of the world will always draw you from the path of Jesus. The purposes of the world will always draw you from the path of Jesus. The design of the world, the, the things that the world thinks are necessary, that a lot of us sometimes have fallen pray to or and have even tried to merge with the world are taking you further and further away from the path which is Jesus and so those moments and I know we've all felt those moments where we were walking straight and all of a sudden we looked around and found out we were not where we were headed and we we stopped and like God when did I get off the road well you might have started looking at how the world does things. You might have started to, to lean into what your friends who, who, who don't follow the Lord were saying. You might have started to really take all those self-help books and guru books a little bit more seriously than the word of God. Or you might have just decided this road is too hard. This road is too tight in here. This, I, feel I feel restricted. But you didn't know that when you turned around and started to look, you were, you were no longer safe. You were in a place of danger. You were in a place where you were unrecognizable. You didn't recognize anyone around you. You realized you were lost. And so the purposes of the world will always draw you from the path of Jesus. Number two, the wrong path brings about the wrong destination. The wrong path brings about the wrong destination. This is why him being the author is so important. Because if you start rewriting the story, you will automatically change the, the mode by which you travel. Because here's the, here's the thing with humanity. We want to get there but we want to get there fast. And so where Jesus 
had the disciples walking. It was very rarely that they took a boat to the other side. <laughs> they walked. They, their mode of transportation was their feet. If we, if we thought about right now, think about where you live and think about 10 miles from where you live. Your natural inclination would not be to walk those 10 miles. You would get in a car. And if you don't have a car, you'd call an Uber. And if you couldn't call an Uber, you'd call a friend. And if you couldn't call a friend, you'd find your bike that you haven't ridden forever. But you would figure out a way not to walk the 10 miles. But what if God needed you to walk that day? What if he wanted to carry you as you walked? What if he needed you to take that journey for something very specific? Because the thing is, we want to get there so fast, we miss the discipline that we need for the destination. We miss the, 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 the equipment that we need for the destination. We miss the stamina we would have gained for the de destination. And so the wrong path will always bring you to the wrong destination. And if Jesus is the path, if he is the mode and the means by which we travel towards, then we need to ask him, how should I be traveling with you and on you? Because you're going to carry me. You're going to lead me. You're going to guide me. You're going to protect me. Number three, where you are going and how you are going is determined by who is taking you. Where you are going and how you are going is determined by who's taking you. So, we, we, we've said that Jesus is the path and he's the mode of transportation. So let, 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 me, let, let, let me give an illustration. Have you ever gone out with some friends? Y'all called each other and everybody said, this is where we're going, okay? But you had one friend that was gonna pick everybody up. We all get in the car. We all know where we're going, but the driver decides to go somewhere else without telling you. They're gonna make a stop without telling you. Now, some of us have been in cars with friends who made stops at places we shouldn't have stopped at. And might have been put in situations we would have never been put out if we put on, if we would have had the opportunity to know where we were going. But sometimes we have gotten stuck in situations and places and circumstances and relationships because we had the wrong person driving the car. Here's the other thing. You might be the wrong driver. Let me say it like this. You are the wrong driver of your own life. And many of us have driven ourselves to places we had no business of going to. Some of us were walking out the house and the path, Jesus, said, don't do that. And we kept going to the car. We put the keys in the door. Jesus said, don't go. We got in the car. We started the car. We heard again, don't go. We turned on the car. We started driving down the street. 
He said, don't turn around. Oh, we got to the door or the house or the, where we wasn't or the place or the location because we decided tonight I'm the author of my story. And we either left with shame, we either left with guilt, we either put ourselves in harm's way. Some of us have left situations hurt, mentally, physically, emotionally, because we are deciding the path we wanna take because we wanna enjoy our lives and wanna do what we wanna do. And sometimes God has given the direction, but we have decided how to get there. And we have decided the stops we wanna make along the journey. Do you notice that the disciples only stopped when Jesus stopped? Do you notice that the disciples, sometimes Jesus left them right where they were, did what he did, and then came back for them? Then there were times he said, I'm going to go ahead, make sure you come here. There are times on your path that you are not supposed to get there quick. There are times on your path where Jesus has to go ahead and prepare the place because he's already prepared you. But the place ain't ready. Sometimes we're prepared and we think, oh, because I'm prepared, it's time to go. But you got to remember two things have to be prepared for it to be the promise, the place and you. And so who's driving? Who's taking us? Every time, guys, we got to make sure that it is Jesus who is taking us. It's the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit that are leading us. And that if he is the path, that we keep staying on the path. And here's the thing. It says the path. Look, we all have, thank you, Holy Spirit, a yellow brick road. If the path is lit up, if the path is, is clear and bright, right? Dorothy didn't know what to do, so she went to the whiz, God. And the whiz said, follow the yellow brick road. And anytime they thought about the tour from that road, what happened? When they got off the, they, they got, right? They got hypnotized with some drugs. And every time they got off the road, they put themselves in danger. Every time. You do not see the word light up your path. You better not take a step. Every time that you don't see the path shining like the sun, you better not move. Every time you have a little bit of trepidation, stay there until the yellow brick road appears again. Because here's the thing. The road will always get you to the destination. Trust me. Jesus is not confused. I said this before. He's not accused, confused about you. So he's definitely not confused about himself if he's the path. Number four, you cannot lead yourself on a journey you didn't plan. So if Jeremiah 20, right? Jeremiah, we're going to do it 11. Says, 22 says, I'm, I'm being nice tonight. This is what the words say. That I know the plans. And you don't, because only he knows, then you can't lead yourself on a journey that you didn't plan. You, you, you can't. I'm going to be honest. I don't really like to travel with a whole lot of people because I don't like itinerary. You know, like people go traveling and it's like, every day, oh, today we're going to wake up and I don't like that. I don't. 
because I like to go traveling and literally say, Lord, what are we going to do today? Because if the Lord tells me to rest because I haven't had any, I will stay in my room and rest. If the Lord says, let's go. I, when I first took my husband to Paris, he said, what do you love about Paris so much? I said, I can get up and turn any direction and find something new. You just walk. Keep walking. And so every morning we get up, we step outside, and I'd say, Lord, what direction? And I'd be like, left. And we go. And we discover something new every single day. Because when I'm on vacation, I want to be with the Lord. I don't want to be with, right? And if, and if I am on vacation with people, I'm very clear, like, look here, here, here. Hey, 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 hey. I know you, you, you might want to sightsee. That's not really why I'm here. So I might do one day with y'all, but we'll meet for dinner. Dinner's the, let's corral for dinner, right? Because I want to see God everywhere I go. I don't want to see things. I want to see God in the thing. I want to see God in the people. I want to see God in the place. I want to experience it through the eyes of God, not through the eyes of man. Now, there might be something I do, but here's what I do know. The things that, so for instance, we went on a hike in Mexico. Trust and believe I followed the leader of the hike because he knew the path. And as difficult as aspects of that path were, he led us right to the destination. Even when all of us got real nervous or scared or things got really tight, because there were some narrow things when the stairs were different heights, when there were literally a cliff on the side of us and we had to walk through one little rope and then there was no more rope. We, I kept my eyes on the, in, the leader because he knew the path. I would have been insane to try to do that, that route my own way because I had never been there. I'd never been through it. So here's the, here's the question. Why are we trying to go through a life that we didn't create, a plan we haven't made, and trying to decide how it's gonna go? I'm, I'm just asking. Why are we waking up as if we have just all the, the time in the world to just keep doing what we want to do? This hour in our lives should prove you, you really should be doing what you want to do. Like, for real. Like, let's, let's not do what we want to do. Even in this moment, there's a plan. There's a governmental plan. There's a state-by-state -state plan. There are plans for countries, but then there's a plan for your life. And in the midst of a world plan, there is always a God plan that is greater. And so we've got to make sure that we are not deciding to go with the world's plan if God's plan is considerably different. The Lord says to obey the laws of the land, but there is a plan for your life and a moment in your life and a, a plan that's been laid for you specifically that you have to follow. You gotta be the Hebrew boys who are saying, we will not bow down. Throw us in the fire, because we know our God will save us. 
You got to be willing to follow the plan of God no matter what. Lastly, here's the thing. You have found it. Don't lose it. You have found it, so don't lose it. It says, but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only few find it. It is, here's what the word it in this scripture means. The leader, the master. So it's him. So here's the thing. You found it. Don't lose it. It is the leader. It is your master. It is your God, your father. You found it. Don't lose it. Every day, as the, as the word of God lights your life, every day as Jesus is your path, and we allow him to be the path, every day that we get back on the small road, the yellow brick road, you got to remember, seek ye first the kingdom. You got to remember that I have found the it that the world is looking for, and I better not lose it. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the K-How Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email us at khowworshipla. That's K-H-O-W-O-R-S-H-I-P-L-A at gmail.com. Thank you.